Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. Hi, everyone. So welcome back to our third Code Untapped Tech Talk. How are you doing, Jay? I'm good, Ez. Always good. Good, good. So I think today we're, we're going to talk a little bit about um, working for big tech companies, big companies. And I think both you and I have had a fair bit of experience of this. Um, and part of the reason is, you know, we've been doing some recent polls and we're working with Google at the moment. And we've been looking at what's the experience of uh, working for a big business and what's the experience of applying, right? And how does that impact people from diverse technology backgrounds, like most of our members and our cohorts and our followers? So I think, you know, we talk a lot about the big companies, but I think you worked in uh, Marconi, right? What was that like? Oh, GC Marconi. Actually, that was my uh, first tech role, so straight out of university. And um, it was interesting because um, it was the first time I, I really understood, um, what can I say? I really understood the perception I was giving off, yeah, just by being who I am, a uh, big black guy with a bald head. Yeah. I was really, <laughs> I was really. I mean, really, we can laugh now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was always a big black guy with a bald head. So <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really aware of that. I think uh, GC Marconi, I was really aware of that in, in, in the working environment. And that's something, it's something I've, I spoke on before, but I had to, um, well, I, I didn't have to, but I felt at the time, and this was, this is going back, this was like 1990, 1998. So uh, I felt at the time that I needed to tone down uh, sort of my personality uh, so that really people didn't, there were no sort of false perceptions made about who I was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt, yeah. And um, and so that was an interesting, that was an interesting experience. And it took me a number of years, as to really... Right feel comfortable in my own skin yeah and be able to sort of speak on my own terms yeah in, in meetings and so forth yeah so that was an interesting experience so what about you is how was your first experience yeah so my first experience working in a big company was uh lehman brothers right mm-hmm. and i joined there as a grad and i worked there as a undergrad as a when i did my sandwich placement while well, my industrial placement at university and I've got to be honest, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my time there. And, you know, I'm a little bit different to you. I'm not a big black guy with a bald head. I was a slim, light-skinned guy with <laughs> short hair, right? So quite, quite different. But you know what? You still feel a level of other. You still feel a sense of, um, you know, there aren't many people like me in this organization. You know, this is a tech. We, we were part of the technology organization within yeah. that business and i think the scariest bit was uh the interview that when i went in and had to you know for my first time speaking to a large company go in in an ill-fitting suit black shirt silver tie which was poorly chosen but it was all i had at the time and you know walk across a trading floor to to get interviewed it was a terrifying experience i mean you don't see many people who look like you in that mm. space you start thinking have i made a mistake mm. right but, you know, I recently, and this wasn't something we were going to talk about today, but I recently came across the term of light skin privilege. Oh, right? wow. We, we often talk about white privilege, but there's, there's a, 
a lot to say about you know colorism in the in the black community and the rest and how people from light skin backgrounds can ex- have a different experience and different lived experience to to darker skinned individuals so i think that's something that is becoming i'm becoming more aware of and thinking more about and thinking about you know what's my responsibilities as an individual as a technology leader as someone who's of african origin but of light skin what 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 advantages do i gain from that as opposed to just the disadvantages i gain against the majority of this population and and how can i leverage those things to 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 support our community better do you see what i mean yeah that's a really really interesting point actually um and i hadn't thought of i hadn't, I hadn't thought of your perception of that experience being different from mine mm. but i can see i can see that it could be very very different yeah uh, one of the things that you touched on there which was a different which was different to my experience i i remember when i first when i first left uni and went to uh, marconi in, in actual fact when i left marconi and actually went to my first sort of banking technology job that was Merrill. goldman's wasn't it was it goldman um, or merrill merrill's in merrill's merrill. ah, okay so I did six years at Merrill's and then uh, four years at Goldman's. But when I worked, even in my first first couple of interviews, so my interview at uh, GC Marconi and my interview as well at Merrill's, I was still very, what I would call green. I was still very naive, yeah? And so actually I wasn't. And actually, maybe that was to my benefit because I wasn't actually, in the interviews, I was myself and I wasn't mm. necessarily concerned about the image I was given across because I think I was so green, yeah? And it was only, it's only as you got into the, it, for me, it was always like, oh, okay, so this is how I need to behave, yeah? Right. Oh, okay. So it's, that's something that was always grown on me as I've been in the, as I've been in the job, I've sort of realised sort of the norms, the, 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 the social norms that I need to conform to, yeah? yeah. As I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really interesting because I'd say, I agree with you. My my fear, as it were, actually grew over yeah. time. Right. I remember when I was applying for roles at um, for for my uh, industrial placement year. Right. I applied to Sun Microsystems. I applied to IBM. I applied to Microsoft. Um, I applied applied to Core Design, the game company. Not one of them gave me a role. <laughs> right. Not one of them. Um, and I ended up working in the banking space, but. Even though I was nervous, I still felt confident in myself mm. to apply for these things. And then when the opportunity came to work at Credit Suisse, I went for that as well. I had no no concerns about doing that. But this is the thing. I was in Switzerland, and by this point, I'd been out there for about, you know, I'd been working in the tech space for over 10 years. I was a very skilled Java C-sharp developer. Um, I was working closely with traders, analysts, quants. I was working on global projects, global rollouts, um, all sorts of things. And I had a friend who was one of the recruiters for um, for Google in Switzerland. Mm. And she was she said to me, you should apply for Google. You should absolutely apply for Google, right? You'll be absolutely what they're looking for. And I remember thinking, that would be awesome. But are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy? Google aren't going to want me. You know, I'm, I'm not that kind of technologist that they want. And, you know, that memory of applying to places like Microsoft, IBM, 
tech companies mm. suddenly came flooding back. And I was just said to myself, no chance. I'd read all the stories, heard all the myths about, you know, the, the, the application process, the interview process. And I just thought to myself, I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. There's, there's no way they are going to, they're going to apply. They're going to, they're going to take me on because, you know, you hear about this like multiple interviews that you have to go through, the type of technology questions that they're going to drill you on. And you have the sense that you have to know all the APIs inside out. You have to know every technology under the sun. You have to be able to basically regurgitate um, all the design patterns, the gang of four, the whole lot inside and out. You have to have read refactoring and be able to apply it in any any way possible. You know, you've basically got to be the kind of engineer who could have written event-driven programming, you know, that, that kind of thing, or domain-driven design. And I just thought to myself, I'm not that. I'm not that person, right? There's just no no chance. And I don't know if that was um, to do with my race, the, you know, my fear about being a mixed-race guy and, you know, am I good enough? Or whether it was just I'm afraid that I'm not good enough as a technologist or whether just you know, the unconscious biases that affect yourself over time, that you get institutionalized into believing, even though no one's outwardly said to you, you're not good enough. But have you been institutionalized over time to believe that you're not good enough? So yeah, that, that that was fascinating. And, you know, we can touch on some of the stuff we've done since then that makes it a nonsense that I didn't apply. Um, Because, you know, I do believe there's some truth to the challenges of applying to these processes. And I think we will talk about that in a bit, but you know, there's a lot of myth there as well, or at least there's truth behind the myth that people don't quite understand, right? And we'll, we'll touch on some of that in a moment, but but what about you? What, what are your thoughts on some of that? Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm slightly older than you is, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Only a little bit. Only a little, just a little bit. So some of the some of the um, organisations that you're referring to, I remember when I was starting out in my career. I'm, well, Amazon, it was it, it was there or thereabouts. It wasn't the name that it is now. I mean, Netflix didn't exist. Facebook didn't exist in the nineties. You know, um, you know, Google was just you know people. Oh, what's this Google? Ah, oh, it's quite a good browser sort of thing. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, so it was interesting that and. Uh, I was what uh, in my career I've been more of a server side what we call it what what you would traditionally be known as a server side developer so you know those sort of technologies like C++ and Java and a lot of you know relational database type yeah. stuff as well and a lot of the a lot of the new companies yeah what I would call new tech the new tech companies they were they were really focused on the newer technologies. Yeah. You know, the, the mobile space, for instance, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, 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 the latest changes in, you know, the, you know, the JavaScript related families of technologies, that sort of stuff, which, which I wasn't, to be honest, I didn't have that kind of background. So I would yeah. never have considered applying to those companies even when I was, you know, even when I'd left and I was, even when I'd left sort of like permanent employment and I was moving more into consultancy. And even in like, when I was in Switzerland with you guys, I would never have considered applying to Google, never. Yeah, yeah? Uh-huh. I just would have considered that my skill set wasn't right as well. So I know you're looking at it from a, 
you're looking at it from a um, from a more well. I am. Am I the right individual to yeah. fit in organization? I'm actually looking at it from the point of view, does my does my technical skill set actually match up with what what these what these organizations are doing in technology? Yeah, mm-hmm. could I even is 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 the gap is the gap that I need to bridge to level myself up? Is it just too big? Yeah, and it's interesting because. As you, I agree with you. As now looking back, that's a nonsense because it's, it's really. And I know we're going to go into this more. more we might as well do it now. Actually, <laughs> start talking about. I'll it. start talking about it. Really, what those, really what those companies require is you to have that developer's mindset, and we talk about mm-hmm. that developer's mindset a lot. And it's the mindset of continuous learning and yeah. uh, continuous self self progression, and that's, and so. You don't look at, well, I don't have the skill set now. It's like, well, actually, I'm learning that skill set. And actually, I'm learning that skill set because I'm building something. And that build, and that thing that I'm building has value. And so I will learn what I need to learn you know, to be able to provide that value in the service or solution that I'm providing. And so your skill set and your what you ask of yourself changes as well. So that's, so that's interesting. So what are your thoughts on that is? Well, I know I completely agree with you. I think uh, it's all about the attitude and the aptitude to learn. And that's the, that's the phrase I like to think about. Do you have the, the technical knowledge to be able to learn new skills and apply that space, apply the knowledge that you do have to a new space? Mm-hmm. And do you have the ability to adopt new technologies, new, te- um, new, new, new um, techniques to a new space based upon the information and the experiences that you already have. Mm. And I think this is really important because if you think about it, you know, we talk about, well, what the space that Google's in as a technology, but they're involved in health tech. They're involved in sporting technology. They're involved in um, FinTech now, all sorts. We were fin- financial technologists. How, how can we not qualify to work, <laughs> to be involved in Google, right? So it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's a great thing about some of these big companies are involved in so many areas now that there there is no specific skill set area that you had to have. I always felt that you had to be this deep tech data science expert who knows mm. Python inside and out to be able to work for Google. But it's really interesting because I think there's some challenges with our community. You know, we've touched on some of them ourselves. And uh, you know, we ran a few polls on um, our LinkedIn page, and uh, one of them was, "Have you ever applied for a job at one of the big tech companies?" And actually, the answer surprised me, but it was 64% of our community have applied to a job at one of these large communities, and that, that's really good. fantastic because yeah. I thought it would be lower than that. Yes, yeah, yeah. because you know, whilst we technically have, I haven't applied for a very long time. <laughs> I applied right <laughs> at the beginning of my career, but not again since then. But a really interesting stat was how many times have you applied for a role at a company? And we said, you know, once, twice, three times, more than three times. And 63% of our audience said they'd only ever applied once for a role, right? And for most people, most people say, well, why is that a problem? Well, the thing about that particular statistic is that it doesn't necessarily apply to some of these big technology companies. Because what we found, especially as we talk to Google and we've spoken to other engineers, is that 
it's actually normal at a place like Google to not succeed on your first attempt, right? To get a rejection mm. and to come back again later. For them, that rejection is a case of you didn't get it this time. Here's some feedback. Try again, right? It's that kind of fail, learn, try again, iterate loop that actually is the heart of startups and pivoting and lean and agile that we talk about. But most of us don't apply that approach to job hunting. I can tell you now, I've never applied more than once to a job. And if I didn't get it, I didn't apply again. That was it, right? And as I, 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 the same is with me. If I, if I don't get it the first time, it's that's it. obviously I'm out. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but that's if we apply it in the first place. Right. Yeah. And this is a thing. And I think this is a major, major problem. And as you're right, because, you know, individuals like us, we might disqualify ourselves before we've even tried. Yeah. And as you said, you know, we get concerned about, oh, you know, the level of scrutiny on our technical Mm -hmm. knowledge or whether we're going to fit or whatever. But, But I know when I, when I, when I applied for Goldman's, I think I had eight or nine interviews to get yeah. that job. Now I would go through that and I and I'd probably do that again and I wouldn't feel anything but but going to Google, that's another mate, my, know, my interview for Credit Suisse, I had to fly to Zurich yeah. to get my to have my interview. Right. And I was I was fully willing to do that. Yeah, I'm like, fine, yeah. I'll fly to Zurich. So, I'll have this interview. So I wouldn't what, apply for Google that was down the road. Exactly. So there is something there where we need to really understand this you know, cognitive block that we are putting in place, you know, which is stopping us from, you know, applying for those things that, you know, we, we could be well suited for. So it, it, it's good that you're bringing it up. And I think it's good that companies like Google are trying to say, right, actually, there is a journey to us. Yeah. And this yeah. is the pathway. And this is the expectation that, you know, we will give you positive feedback in your interviews if you don't succeed the first time or the second time yeah, with the view that you'll eventually get there yeah and that's what we want and it's that skill of retrying uh what, what did you call it actually uh repeat isn't it that, yeah that, yeah that iteration that, that, that feedback cycle, that iteration cycle is a learning cycle it's mm-hmm. the thing you do in every in every skill that you want to try and develop, in every mm. endeavor that you want to try and master, and you have to go through that cycle of actually trying, failing, realizing your mistake, yeah, correcting that mistake and trying again. That's in every endeavor. So it's something that, um, so again, like you said, is it's something that actually, why don't you apply it to this space as well? If yeah. you're applying it to this 100%. space, it's something that you do. It's something that every child does when they're learning to walk, when they're learning to walk. So why wouldn't yeah. you apply it? Why wouldn't you apply it as a, a learning technique in every aspect of your life? Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. So I think one of the key things there then is, you know, we've, we've touched on our own experiences, but I'd love us to think a bit about you know, those graduates and those who are newly reskilled, right? There's a lot of people out there right now thinking about newly reskilling and have no experience. And, you know, what, what do you think individuals like that should be thinking about doing if they're interested? You know, we've talked about that whole kind of thought process that happens, which is the, you know, should I do it? Would I do it? Oh, sorry, it was it the um, would I do it, can I do it, should I do it approach, right? 
where you think to yourself, would I do this? Yeah, that'd be absolutely great. Can I do it? Mm, not so sure. Should I do it? No, I'm not going to. Right. So it's that mm. for those people who are just breaking into the space and are interested in going to one of these large technology organizations, but like us, right, we're afraid mm. to apply to them because they're afraid of the process. What would you say to them? Well, I always go back to, um, so first of all, I'm going <laughs> to, the journey for me, the journey to accomplish anything, yeah, meaningful is always hard, yeah? yeah? So there is a level of commitment that you have to, that you have to have, yeah? So you have to be prepared to commit. So that's one thing. So mm -hmm. I always, there's a, there's, there's a phrase that I always use is why, what, and how. Yeah. Right. So you always need to ask yourself, you need to go back to first principles and say, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is this something that re is really important for me to do? And it has to be because that's the thing that's going to get you up in the morning. That's the thing that's going to make you do that extra bit of, you know, that extra bit of study that you need to do, that extra bit of research that you need to do. You know, you need mm -hmm. to have that why. Yeah. And then you need to, you need to understand what it is you want to do. So this requires actually, uh, a bit of um, what can I? A bit of self development. So you have to look into yourself, and you have to say, right. So you, you understand why. So you have to look around and say, right. What do I like, and what am I good at? Yeah. And mm -hmm. in this space, and is what I like and what I'm good at relevant to the particular role that I want right. to, uh, that I want to get, or relevant to the particular project that I want to do with this organization? Yeah. And if and if those things align then, you know, you're halfway there. And then it's the how. So the how is what am I going to do on a day-to-day -day basis to move me one step further to my goal? Yeah? Like that. yeah. And you've got to be particularly diligent about the how. About the how. So you've mm. got to make lists. You've got to, you know, you've got to document. You've got to record your progress through this. And I think that will help you. So definitely, you guys, you've got to understand your whys, your what's and your how's. And it's fundamental to you moving forward, yeah, in the right way. Absolutely, power. absolutely. I think, you know, just to touch on it from my side, I think the why, what, how is brilliant. And we think about that in everything, whether it's um, projects we're working on, whether it's um, pitch decks that we're building, whether it's strategies, everything. We do that, take that same approach, right, every time. I think one of the key things I would say, though, is all about demystification, right? Mm -hmm. You need to immerse yourself in the space to remove the fear of it. Definitely. Right? And the best way to do that, you want to work for one of these technology companies, find people within your network who work for these technology companies, spend time with them, learn what it is they do, and maybe try and work on a few projects with them, right? Even if it's on the side, maybe it's an open source GitHub project, whatever it happens to be. But contribute and work around and with people who work in the space. Not only will you learn best practices, you'll understand the type of technologies they work with, you'll, look at, you'll understand the way that they think about problems, and you'll get exposure, not only to them, but they'll get exposure to you, mm. right? And all of a sudden, you now become a known, known entity to that organization in some way. Mm. And that dramatically incre increases the odds of you getting involved in that organization. Mm. And with that in mind, you know, I think we've touched a lot on what Google are doing, what we're doing, but we're actually taking a step forward to help our community with this particular issue in that we've got a workshop with Google on the 4th of August, 6 p.m. And it's all about the coder's journey to Google where we're going to have actual Google engineers who've been through this process 
talking about and discussing their experiences of getting into Google, their trial and error, their iteration, their feedback loop that they've had to go through in order to get to that. So please, I, I encourage everyone sign up. It's free, register, sign up to it, check it out. We'll be talking about some more about this in our future episodes. Um, there will be links below this pointing you to it, but you can find out about it on our LinkedIn page, on our website, on our meetup group. Just look for Code Untapped and you'll find out about it. So that should be that should be really interesting. I'm really excited, really looking forward to that one. So I think last thing, we have one more poll on our website. And this one is all about how many years experience do you think you need before you can apply to a large tech company? Two years, five years, more than five years. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it with my thoughts, Jay. Don't spoil it with yours. Right? I'm <laughs> sure we've both got thoughts around this, and we'll talk about it in our next poll. So I think with that, Jay, any final words from you for this this week's episode? Well, guys, until next time, just keep on coding. Well, that's it from Jay, and that's it from me. It's been a pleasure. Speak to you next time.